You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Wonderful time of your week, wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free, thanks to our sponsors this week, Fireside and Brooklyn, and they're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who hoards all the ginger snaps, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. That's, I mean, you're not wrong. Um... You're not wrong. Also, my daughter is a Girl Scout uh, now, and my wife has uh, graciously volunteered to chair like the cookieing for her troop. Mm. So <laughs> we're going to be hoarding lots of cookies here in a little bit. I'm very excited. What's your favorite holiday cookie? My favorite holiday cookie. So my favorite holiday cookie is, is a lame answer, but it's sugar cookies and decorating them with the kids. That's not a lame answer. That's a, that's a cool one. It's yeah, not the best cookie, but it's the best memory. Well, now now it got lame. Yeah, but I think those are good cookies too, and I think <laughs> I think those are unique to the holiday season, right? You don't usually have the decorated, the like heavily iced yeah. sugar cookie <laughs> other times of the year, right? That's a special thing. Yeah. What um, about you? Um, I like a I like a sugar cookie around this time of year as well. Uh, I, I'm not into the ginger snaps really, actually. I'll eat, I'll eat a ginger snap, but I'm no, I know you. I know that. I'll eat, I'll eat whatever's in front of me, but my. Um, my dad's wife, my, my, I guess, stepmom technically, um, makes an amazing, like, like crumbly sugar cookie, like a shortbread sugar oh, yeah. cookie. Uh-huh. Oh, it's the jam. And she only makes them around the holidays and uh, it's, it's, it's the best. It's the best. All right. Well, we're not talking cookies, although maybe we should just do 90 minutes on cookies. <laughs> uh, downloadable cookie show or whatever. There you go. Yeah. Um, we're we're gonna talk video games. We got lots of video games. It's it's uh, we're we're in the too many games town. It's so there's so many games to talk about, so many games to play, so many games to fit in before the end of the year. Where we're gonna be talking about our top five of the of the year. I don't know how we're gonna fit five in this year. It's it, every year it makes it harder and harder. But we got a lot to get through this week as well on our road there, and we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata. And you're downloadable Christian, but this week I am excited because DLC stands for different layers in a composition because that's parallax and from IGN and from twitch.tv slash parallax Stella. We have the one and the only parallax Stella herself, Stella Chung. 
Hi, Stella. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. We're excited to chat games with you and find out all the stuff that you've been playing. we got a lot to get to this week, so let's jump right in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by visiting our subreddit, that's 5x5dlc.reddit.com, or by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Love hearing from you, especially this time of year when we're kind of looking back on the year. It's fun to hear from you, suggesting stories, talking about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Don't hesitate. Send us an email. Stella, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Well, did you guys see that Riot Games is working with third-party developers on their League of Legends games, finally? Yes, yes. <laughs> they've, they've called it Riot Forge, their new publishing partnership with uh, uh, third parties to lend out the League of Legends characters and IP and they want them to be mostly single-player, story-based, narrative-driven games. Um, are you a League of Legends player and fan? I used to be. I used to play a lot until I realized it made me way too angry. So I kind of had to step, <laughs> take a step back. So yeah, I know. How yeah, that is. <laughs> better for my blood pressure, you know. Oh yeah, yes, for sure. Uh, the competitive multiplayer game is uh, is a is a fickle fickle friend. You know it. it you, it gives you very high highs, but very frustrating lows. I'm very well aware of that. But certainly, you can say League of Legends has a bunch of really interesting characters and concepts in it. Are you excited about the concept of uh, other companies take, taking those characters and running with them? I think so. I mean, I think it'll be great to see news developing more on these third-party uh, developers and just see like what exactly they're delving into because the lore of League is just so exp expansive that I think it's great that they're bringing other people on to try and work with them and expand them even more into story-based games, which which is great because like Overwatch is doing that now with Overwatch 2. So I think it's, you know, people are wanting more uh, story-based games again. That's, yeah, I think that's a huge positive. Those are the kinds of games that I like the most as well. Is there a particular character or idea that you'd love to see fleshed out? Is there a, a, a when you hear this kind of news, is there a game that you're hoping will will be announced? Because evidently, we don't have to wait too long. Evidently, uh, Jeff Keighley said that one of these games, the first of this partnership, the first games to come from it, the first game to come from it, will be announced uh, next week at the Game Awards as one of the big announcements, big world exclusives. So is there something you're hoping to see announced? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I'm just kind of trying to keep my expectations low so I'm not like too surprised or too disappointed if the one that I don't want doesn't show up. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the fighting game that they teased looks really interesting, so I wouldn't mind if that was what was released. Yeah, but I think that's that's part of that sort of uh, inner uh, inner company, you know, first party uh, initiative where they're expanding their their slate of games they're making. This sounds like they're actually part partnering with other developers and and letting this go outside the walls of Riot and be developed by a third party team. Christian, do you have a a hope and a dream for what we may see announced at the 
at the Game Awards or even something that isn't announced yet that you hope to see come from this new initiative? Yeah, I mean, I think it shows a confidence in the in the brand and the world they've built. As Stella mentioned, it's very lore rich, and I think exploring those. And, and so, my answer is going to be um, maybe a little cheap, but but ever since Blizzard teased StarCraft Ghost, all of those gosh, 10, 15 years ago, I think a game like that that is first person, built in the world. Um, kind of tactical in its, you know, spy stealth approach to things, but using characters in this larger League of Legends world, I find fascinating because anytime you can take a game down into a or a genre, like the heroes you know and love, into a totally new perspective, I think is really cool and fascinating. So I think it, they find some side story. I would love it to be its own standalone little thing from a character that builds their world instead of trying to create another larger world that they're a part of if that makes sense i want them to reverse mcu right they have the yeah, they've already had they avengers the, that, yeah right league of legends is the 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 coming together of all the heroes you want instead of it being hey the same 50 100 whatever it is champions are going to be in a different kind of game you want pick one flesh out their world and see you know get the black widow movie yes exactly yeah. I yeah. want Black Widow before I know what happens to Black Widow, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I Stella, you mentioned Overwatch 2 as as being a Blizzard sort of progression into story-based content for Overwatch, which I'm excited about in one sense. But in another sense, I kind of wish they were doing this kind of thing where they were just opening up the IP because I find the Overwatch characters to be so compelling and, and so well-drawn, well realized in that game that the lore is is fun and upbeat and feels different than anything else out there i would love for them to do that this kind of thing where they let other developers maybe create cool games uh, in their sandbox i'm just not i don't have a huge connection to the champions in league of legends and i know they span a huge gamut of tone and uh style but I, I feel I feel like maybe Christian's onto something where if you put too many of them into the in, into these other games, it'll still feel like a weird hodgepodge instead of having more of focus that you want to see in a game. What are your feelings <laughs> about that? Uh, that's actually very fair. Um, I think what's unique about League of Legends characters is that they all come with this intricate bio, right? Like they all get these backgrounds, they all get like current state of like, where are they now sort of things. Um, and that lore changes depending on their skin, which I know um, Overwatch kind of does that as well. But it's so interesting because you never get a story to follow with them. It's just, hey, if you want to check out the lore, here you go. Yeah. You know, so um, while Overwatch already has this like overall world build and um, you kind of know what's going on as you're playing even the multiplayer. So I guess that's not like a great answer either, but um, I'm just glad that they're trying to delve into like the details and the specifics of all these different characters. And I really, I think I'm more interested on seeing how such a variety of characters, um, how they link up and how they connect in this crazy, like detailed world. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I, again, I'm looking at this through the lens of blizzard because I'm such a blizzard fanboy, and, and that's, really the characters I've connected to most, I think. And I got super into Heroes of the Storm. And the fact that I was playing Heroes of the Storm so heavily actually made going back to World of Warcraft and Diablo 
richer, a richer experience because those characters popped more. I mean, it wasn't that I didn't pay attention to the story in Diablo or the story in World of Warcraft as I was playing it, but when I did that, <laughs> well, I mean, there are parts that you sort of skim over, you know, it's click through the quests and wow, and figure out like how many pelts do I need? Let's just keep going. But when I had a connection to the, to the champions, to the heroes in Heroes of the Storm, I was like, oh, Jaina, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Oh, Malfurion, yes, oh, right, yes, because that character does those things in Heroes of the Storm. I, I understand why they're, you know, why Malfurion is connected to the forest and is, you know, married to Tyrande. And it, these characters had much more, I had, a, had a, a connection point with them that was much stronger. And like you're saying, Christian, it's reverse engineering that in, instead of taking these disparate characters from games their own games and bring them into this cool fighting, you know, super smash brothers thing in them. You're doing the opposite. You've started with uh, the big conglomeration of characters and, and stringing them out into their own games, I think could be really cool. So hopefully that's what they're doing. At least from my perspective, I think it's an exciting thing. Yeah. Christian, what is your story of the week? Well, I should note as we were recording this to peel back the curtain Sunday night, um, the Game Awards and State of Play are both this week, and the way podcasts live, maybe have already happened. <laughs> when you're By the time you're listening to this, yes. We'll talk about them next week, fear not. Dear yes, listen. next week's. But big news is breaking this week, uh, so that's why it hasn't happened yet where we are. But I think this is a very big story, and I would argue this is a, 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 a big story perhaps of next year as well. And to me, I think the big story this week is um, Campo Santo. Their co-founder, Jake Rodkin, kind of talking about how In the Valley of Gods is on hold and that discussion about how Valve bought them. Um, they developed Campo Santo, developed Firewatch. They showed the trailer for In the Valley of the Gods, I think maybe two years ago at the Game Awards. Yeah, I, I think it was announced in 2017. I think that's right. It, it yeah. was like one teaser. Yeah, it was like 2017. A thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like the, it looked like an interesting partnership or like the relationship story and the world looked beautiful and it looked awesome. I was very excited for it. And then Valve bought them and it had been mums the word on the game. And now just recently we kind of get this statement saying, uh, I can read it here because you create Mums the work, evidently. Mums the work. <laughs> mums <laughs> the work. Yeah. Yeah. The quote is to fans looking forward to in the Valley of Gods, it's probably clear that the optimistic 2019 at the end of the announcement trailer isn't going to be accurate. In the end, Valve time makes fools of fools of us all. But yes, developers from the former Campo Santo team have joined other projects at Valve, including Half-Life Alex. As you can imagine, our experience in the first-person adventure genre is pretty relevant. You hear a lot about how at Valve you can work on what you want. It turns out that's true, and there's a lot of work available. As we integrated ourselves into Valve, it became clear that there was a lot of valuable work to be done on Half-Life Alex. Some of us starting, started lending a hand and have since become full-time on the project as it approaches launch. Similarly, some are working on Dota un Underlord, some are on Steam, and so on. To answer your question as of today, In the Valley of God's development is on hold, but it certainly feels like a project people can and may return to. And when that happens, we'll find an exciting way to let fans know. I think there's a lot to unpack in that statement. And Stella, I'm curious if you were following the game and kind of what you think of, of kind of what this means for it and what it means for the former studio. So I'm not going to lie. Uh, I did not play Firewatch, even though I really wanted to. Um, but I saw the trailer for this game and it, or I saw all the stuff being revealed about it and it looks gorgeous. And the more I looked into it, I was like, this looks like an awesome game that 
Firewatch fans are probably really looking forward to. And that statement is, you're right, it's a lot. Um, With the announcement of Half-Life Alex, you know, that's like a whole other hype that people are excited for. But it's like, what do we do about this other game that people were so excited for? What does this mean uh, for the developers? Like, I understand that them having work is great, but at the same time, was this something that they could return to as a passion project, maybe? Um, It's just interesting because this generated a lot of hype and it seems like they're kind of stepping back from it. And I don't know how fans are reacting to that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the comment of like at Valve, you can work on whatever project you want. And <laughs> to me, that implies none of people didn't want to work on this game. They well, wanted to work funny. on this other stuff, it, right, Jeff? It, it's it, it, Valve has a history of uh, announcing things and then you just abandoning them. And it's like, hey, at Valve, we don't just abandon our own projects. We abandon <laughs> other people's projects, too. Uh, we're an equal opportunity abandoner. That's pretty nice to hear. Uh, I think that idea of at Valve, you can work on what you want is pretty awesome. Yeah. But I guess it's funny. You bringing it up that way is the first time I read that statement as being nobody wanted to work on this game. (laughs) Uh, I can um, imagine that if you have the opportunity to work on the next Half-Life game, that might be super exciting and might draw you away from something you are also excited about. I think it's exciting that these storytellers that gives me that the other side of this story for me is this gets me even more excited for Half-Life Alex to have right. the Campo Santo storytellers working on that game sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. And uh, you know, I I don't see a huge negative connotation for you know, the Valley of Gods in that in that statement. I don't I don't I didn't read it as our game's boring. We got pulled away to more interesting things. It just seems like, you know, games are hard and you run up into things and it's like, oh, people are working on the next Half-Life game and I can do that if I want to. That sounds amazing. I can understand that happening. But also this game looked like not the kind of thing we get very often. Story-based games with interesting characters, you know, very commonly seen in games. It looked like a story that was fresh and interesting. So I hope it's not the end of it. I hope this is not the Half-Life 2 Episode 3 of campo santo games you know what i'm saying but it remains to be seen and, and it certainly sounds like the very talented people were just absorbed into a larger machine that has a lot of cogs in it and have lots of other interesting things to do so yeah i feel like that it certainly feels like a project people can and may return to it makes it seem like it's gonna be a while or like there's no plan right now like yeah yeah they, they can they might I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it, the history of Valve, I think, in terms of their game output and their peripheral output, the Steam controller has been canceled and discontinued and is no longer available as they've kind of now ramped up their index output and the Steam link um, came and went as well. They're a very interesting company that has made billions selling other people's games and now we're kind of being challenged on that front i think the next decade for valve is going to be an interesting one for sure yeah and it sounds i mean you can also read into this statement as that there are lots of projects at valve going on you know there are lots of things that haven't been announced yet and another thing i take away from it is something we talk about on the show frequently don't announce your game until it really is happening you know what i mean if no one, I mean, maybe announcing in the Valley of Gods helped Campo Santo get 
acquired or you know benefited them in some other way i'm i'm not privy to but from a consumer perspective i like it when things are announced and we know exactly what's going on with them and it didn't it's not a pie in the sky it's not a hey this is what we're working on and it's coming out in 2 years because we think uh, i'd rather not know about it and until it really is about to be released but maybe that's just me what so do you think about then that? how oh. do you – oh, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, so then how do you feel about like Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2? Like, oh, we don't know when it's going to come out. Oh, Jeff out, loves those. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> no, I mean I, – I, I would prefer – I mean some of those games are uh, – those two in particular – well, maybe not Overwatch 2, but certainly Diablo Ooh. 4 was is speculated about so much that at a certain point you have to acknowledge it. I mean – and there's a whole other level of things that play at Blizzard with these last two years of – we we're going to announce it. And then we announced the mobile game and everybody was angry. And then we had this other weird PR thing that was pretty embarrassing. And so, so Hong Kong. Yeah. Hong Kong. There's a lot of things oh, that <laughs> went into that, right. That was a problematic and forced it in general though. I would, I much prefer how Bethesda seems to do things, although they ha- haven't done it now with their next two big games. They're, you know, like way far away, but we're going to talk about them. But previously it would be more like, Hey, We've been working for four years on Fallout 4, and it's coming out in three months. You know, I, li- I like that. I, I like the – we've been working a super long time about this. We haven't mentioned it, but it's coming out very, very soon, and it's really close. I, and in fact, I'm probably the only – the oldest one, you know, the only one old enough to remember the fact that Valve tried to do that with Half-Life 2. That was how Half-Life 2 was announced. It was – We've been working on Half-Life 2. We haven't told anyone about it. It will change the world, and it's coming out in six months. And then a year and a half later, it came out. <laughs> it, was, it was they missed their date, but they, they tried to do that thing where it's like we're, we've been working on this, and it's almost ready. And then because Valve is Valve, it didn't do that. Um, but, uh, but I like it when companies do that. I do. Where do you land Stella? Are you on like with game awards coming up, especially we're going to hear a lot of things that aren't for years, typically with announcements. Do you prefer that kind of, do you like the hype and getting things ready to go? Or do you prefer kind of the wait for it to be out kind of approach? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be super honest. I am very impatient. So <laughs> yeah. I kind of like knowing that there's an end date in sight, right? right. Um, so with the announcement of Diablo 4 and Overwatch, I I guess I was slightly satisfied that they were in development, that they were coming out. But at the same time, I was like, well, when is it going to come out? And, you know, announcements were like, hey, they might not even come out. Um, Blizzard soon, TM or whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's kind of a disappointment because it's like I get all of this hype. I get super riled up. I get really excited. And then we we have no idea when they're going to come out. Like they they're going to be amazing games when they come out. But, you know, it's just that idea of having to wait so long. Um, yeah. Kind of comparing it to when all this Yoda merch, this baby Yoda for <laughs> the Mandalorian comes out, we're going to have forgotten by him, forgotten about him, right? <laughs> So it's I like, don't think, <laughs> how could you forget about Baby Yoda? <laughs> That's fair. Not when episode two they have Baby Yoda sip tea. Like Baby Yoda's just a meme. You know yeah, what I mean? It's like a meme given life. <laughs> yes, <that is. laughs> I think it seems to me there is a new template that has emerged in the video game space that seems to be catching hold a little more. 
in the last few years. And I think we're going to see it more and more often where a, a, a big anticipated game will get announced like cyberpunk 2077 is happening. And then multiple years of just no talk about it, but they put it out there. They're like, we're doing this. It's happening. It's a thing. Maybe even a CGI, a little teaser about the tone of what it's going to be like, but then they go radio silent for years and don't talk about it. And then they have the big coming out party when it's much closer to being released. Now, Cyberpunk, of course, multiple Metroid, years. Metroid Prime 4? Yes, I think that's a great example. Uh, and I think that more and more games seem to be doing that where they put it out there and it's and they put it out there in a, it's not close. You know, it, it, Bethesda's doing this as well with um, with the next Elder Scrolls and with um, Star, what is it, Starfield? Star, what is it called? The, their sci-fi Yeah, um, far away. Yeah, they put it out there. They showed you the logo. And they said, we're doing this thing, but we're not going to talk about it for years. And then they just go away and work, but it's out there. And so there's sort of a, a an ability for them to judge anticipation and create, you know, register for all the <laughs> website URLs. names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I do, do the same thing, stuff. Jeff. I do the same thing. Like I put it out there. I'll write on a DC Arrowverse show, you know, mm-hmm. like I put it out there. You're saying it's um, the secret. You're, now, you're, now you're well. Now I'm gauging their excitement. About- <laughs> <laughs> Still zero, but you know, I'm, I've registered all the Twitter handles. Uh, <laughs> Christian writes on DC show. Christian at, on yeah. Superman and Lois. Uh, <laughs> is my current one. Christian on Arrow. Christian. On <laughs> well, Arrow's ending, but I'll do, I'll do a Canary and Green Arrow. Yeah, I, I have that one. So Love you name it, it I got it. <laughs> How's that working <laughs> up for you? I just put it out there. It's, it's like I'm this, going radio silent for years now. You're saying these are the, this is the vision board of, of video games. <laughs> yeah, Bethesda's vision board, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Fair enough. All right. Well, that leaves me an interesting decision for my story of the week. I, I guess I have to go with these this rumor mill about uh, Xbox Scarlet because, you know, it's exciting. Next, next console generation's right around the corner. And there's some confirmation, uh, at least uh, from inside sources speaking to Kotaku, that the much-rumored dual skew of the next Xbox is indeed going to happen, that there are two versions of Xbox Scarlet. One of them is codenamed Lockhart, uh, which will be the diskless version. Will be, I mean, obviously, Nintendo, or Nintendo. Obviously, Microsoft has been selling a diskless Xbox One for Have a while. they? <laughs> I mean, theoretically, they have. I don't have one. It's been available. I don't know if they've been selling it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, if you make this part of the initial SKUs, you make a very low cost or not very, but <laughs> in comparison to the other one, maybe it's a, a dramatic reduction. A hundred bucks less or whatever it's going to be, you know, maybe that, that is compelling. And you partner that with Xbox Game Pass and make it really a way to get into Xbox Game Pass and say, hey, all of our games are going to be day and date on Game Pass. You don't need a disc drive because you're just subscribed to them. I, I think that's a pretty compelling idea. And that sounds like what they're doing. The report says that this uh, lower powered box actually won't even be targeting 4K. It'll be targeting 1440p and 60 FPS. Uh, it will be heavily promoted with uh, xCloud and Game Pass. So it really will be the the sort of hockey puck version, you know, the 
the easily connect to your TV, but it, it's just a smaller, lighter, less expensive way to get on to Game Pass. Stella, what do you think about this? Do you think this is a, a <laughs> useful way into the Xbox ecosystem, something that will help drive the next generation of Xbox? I mean, it definitely appeals to um, a crowd of people that doesn't like paying for, like, you know, every couple of years, they're just like, oh, another console came out. Guess I have to go and buy this one. Um, And I think this kind of... (laughs) I buy the next thing, whatever it is. (laughs) Um, I think this is definitely, like, a nice little beginner step. Like, if you don't quite want to take that huge leap yet, I think this is really nice to kind of get a taste of what the Xbox can do. Um, also, Lockhart is a really cool name. Like, just going to put that out there real quick. Right, yeah. I'm sure that won't <laughs> be the actual name of it. I'll just That's just the code name, but it kind of should be, right? Lockhart's yeah. bad. Yeah. Xbox like Lockhart. <laughs> yeah. It's not a lot more hardcore than what it probably is, but... It sounds um, like it'll it'll solve crimes for you as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Lockhart is here to, uh, you know, solve the case. <laughs> mm, so you're telling me you had breakfast at 7, yet my notes here say that you were, in fact, at the grocery store by 7.05. And the distance between your house and the grocery store <laughs> doesn't you quite solved work. Another one, Lockhart. Oh, <laughs> You've done it again. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like it. Um, my so my thing is, how well would this console travel? You know, because I think it's gonna this this version at least might compete with Stadia, right? Because. Mm, yeah. If you don't need it, if this is all about just downloading games, um, you don't need a disc, then that's kind of like what Stadia does, but you don't need, you know, a particularly good internet connection. And so I think I'd be interested to see how they both perform, kind of pitted against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea of Stadia is that all the processing is done remotely. I think... I mean, we don't know the details of this. Obviously, it's still technically a rumor, but I think the processing on this would still be local. It's just trying, it's aiming for a lower fidelity experience, right? It's, you know, it's going 1440p, whereas whatever the next Xbox is called will actually be. be it's a 1070 4K. versus a 2080 or whatever, right? Ooh, like, yeah, but yeah, that's just, <laughs> it worries me a little bit that. Not all of us can afford 2080 Ti's, Jeff. No, yeah, I, man. <laughs> but it worries me a little bit that you know you you want to have whatever the next Xbox is. You want to have parity across all SKUs so that the developers can develop the coolest, awesomest, you know, high end game. And I'm sure they're well aware of that. But you know, it makes me a little worried that it, just because it's pushing less, it says it's comparable with a PlayStation Four Pro, which is like, uh, what? I, you, know, you already have a console p- more powerful than that. It's yeah, the yeah. Xbox One X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. it's a good stepping stone for people who want to try and dip into the console universe. But uh, for someone like me who's been playing on, you know, all sorts of different consoles, I would definitely go for whatever the next actual console was, like the next step up. Yeah. But in terms of people who want to play casually and want to just like test things out, maybe they've had a PC for years and just want to like check it out, I think it'd be good. But the one thing I'd have to say is it would have to be significantly more, like, significantly cheaper in order yeah. for it to actually be a selling point for people. Because then if it's not that big of a difference, why not just get the more powerful version? Yeah, I think you're right. I, it can't it can't be just, you know, if you're talking like a, uh, you know, a 399 for the next big, bad, cool console, it can't be just a 299, right? It's got to be more like a like a 199 it's got to be like a dramatic you know i don't know i I don't know if they're able to do that kind of a 
a, a delta between the two skews, but it, it certainly feels like it would want to be a dramatically different price point. So I don't know. I, I think we're at the precipice of the future of games as we often are. Um, and I can talk about this some in playlist as well, but just kind of how games are delivered to you. Like, I mean, if it can, if it does have onboard processing, this Lockhart um, Xbox. So if you do download a game, I thought Stella's point, that's a great one. Like then you can have it with you and you're not relying on, on high speed internet when you're traveling or something like that, or someone else in your house is watching the baby Yoda show guest starring this Mandalorian figure. Um, then you can, stream you know play it locally but it's outputting at 1440 whatever but maybe it is an xcloud device as well and then if you have a fast enough internet you're going to get that 4k 60 again speculation speculation but i think there is a way that this device is very attractive to a lot of people and as someone who still traditionally buys physical media when possible for most of my consoles as i was playing around with my oculus quest today i was just like oh I'm, yeah i own several discless consoles right yeah. like I don't to to some extent I have the biggest highest powered diskless console right next to me in my gaming PC. It yeah, does not have time you open it doesn't your, have one. I built it. One. Yeah. There's no disk drive. Like wow. mine has one but I can't even tell you the last time I opened it. Yeah, you I, buy I don't game. have one either. <laughs> yeah. And if, if you were to buy Diablo 4 at Best Buy, again speculating speculating, one that Diablo 4 comes out and two that Best Buy will still be in business when it does. Um it, it's a code. You know, most of the times PC games at brick and mortar retailers are codes to download it. There's not a disc in there even. So yeah, would I buy an all digital console? I spent thousands of dollars on mine, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I guess the, the headline isn't, it won't have a disc in it. Cause like I could totally understand the big new, the, the My MacBook one. Pro doesn't. Right. It's, I could imagine yeah. every console not having a disc in it. I don't, I don't think that's a huge deal. I mean, it's certainly a deal. I'm sure there's some people listening to this who are like, well, my internet is not great. Yeah, I agree. I, I would prefer cast. one to have a disc, but it's weird that I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I think, the, I think the more the headline is underpowered yes. in, in comparison to its, its brother or sister system uh, and, you know, one assumes cheaper, lots cheaper. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like the Nintendo Switch and the Switch Lite. Mm, uh, just comparing yeah. those, it's it's an I think it's a hundred dollars off, which isn't a huge selling point for me. Unless you're really tight on cash, I would rather just go for the full Switch, especially since they came out with the uh, longer battery version. Right. So I don't know. Again, I think price would just have to be really taken into consideration for this to kind of convince most people to go for this instead of the next one. It is interesting that we're really getting into this cell phoneification of consoles, right? Because this is like the, you know, there's the big fancy new iPhone, but then you can also get the, you know, two years ago's iPhone for a lot less because we just announced the new iPhone. Uh, it really feels like electronics as a whole has taken on that business model. So interesting. Uh, one other quick story I wanted to, well, two other quick stories that I'll meld into one that I wanted to get the, your opinion on folks is the fact that a couple of older games, one much older than another, but both of them came out on steam much. And both still look great and are very, you know, their minds still very aware there. Yeah. Yeah. Age is just a number. Age is just a number, especially for video game well, video hosts. Games. hosts. <laughs> um, oh, no, no, no. It's video games. <laughs> uh, 
anyway, I'm, I'm referring to, of course, Halo Reach and Red Dead Redemption 2, who both hit Steam this week. And it really is a tale of two games. Halo Reach blew the doors off the place. Of course, it was uh, purchasable for 10 bucks, so maybe that has a lot to do with it. Uh, it was $10 just for Reach or $40 for the full package of the uh, Master Chief Collection on Which Steam. isn't out yet. It's pre-ordering yeah. the next installments. Exactly. Uh, so Reach is the only one available so far, but it went over like gangbusters on Steam with over 136,000 players, uh, you know, at, at peak concurrent. Uh, and then the, the first day and then the second day was up from that, 161,000 concurrent players, which puts it in Steam's top five for played games at any given time. Huge hit on Steam, Halo Reach. Meanwhile, Red Dead Redemption 2, which has sold a bazillion D copies on consoles and seems to own the world, everybody assumed would be a giant hit when it was finally released on PC because there seemed to be so much anticipation for it coming out on PC. It went live on Steam. Now, granted, it's been out on their, the Rockstar Game Store and the Epic Game Store for a while, but still, when it went live on Steam, uh, it did not hit the top five. In fact, the game peaked with a little over 26,000 concurrent players. So we're talking 161 to 26. Uh, I'm surprised. And I think a lot of people were surprised that uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 didn't blow the doors off steam and Halo Reach did. What do you make of that, Stella? What do you, is there anything to be drawn from that? Or is it just, uh, you know, one game is a little more recent. Maybe another game feels a little more special. What, what, what do you make of it? I'm actually not super surprised. Uh, so when Red Dead Redemption 2 first came out on consoles, it was I, I believe it was on both, right? Or was mm -hmm. it just on PS4? Um, no, it was on both. I, I remember, at least on Twitch, the amount of hype that people were putting into this game. They're like, oh, I, I really want to play on PC. I, I don't know if I want to wait uh, the one year or just played on my console, even though some people might prefer to play on PC. I remember that hype and thinking, how is this going to last for a year? Like, is this going to carry over? And I didn't really believe it would. And I mean, granted, the launch on PC, especially on Steam, means lots of mods. <laughs> and right. I think that adds into the fun that people are having right now. But in comparison to something like Halo Reach, which is a classic amongst gamers, I think it didn't really have any competition there. Uh, people have been anticipating the Halo Master Chief Collection coming to PC for a lot longer. Um, there is a bigger fan base, I think, that is collected over the years as opposed to just one year with Red Dead Redemption 2. So for me, I guess I wasn't super surprised. I kind of wish more people would play Red Dead Redemption 2 because there's just so much to explore in it. Mm. But uh, in terms of numbers, I'm not, I'm not too surprised by the uh, outcome. Hmm. Christian, what about you? Are you are you surprised? No, I uh, look at Stella's statement and co-sign it, stamp it, uh, send it off. It, Halo hasn't been on PC since Combat Evolved, correct? When it, which was a um, Gearbox port, mm -hmm. I think, which was in two thousand three. Yeah. So, Reach is also this is this not only was Reach coming to PC, this was Reach coming to the Master Chief Collection. So I think a lot of people that if it had if Reach had come to Xbox last year and then now was added to PC, I think maybe those numbers would be less. But when they come day and date like that, 
And so if you if you are a gamer that loves Halo that has a PC that has been waiting to play, uh, you know, a polished version of Reach, it's not um, remastered, but certainly like the best version of Reach um, to be able to play it on PC and get the multiplayer stuff uh, for $10. It seems like a no brainer in the game. It's almost like the people at Bungie know how to make video games. I never would have guessed it. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, they make good stuff. Even when you can't left trigger, they still make good stuff. So it does not surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess it can be chalked up just to more anticipation, but it seems like, you know, I did I'm I'm more I'm less surprised that the Halo Reach success than I am at the Red Dead Redemption 2 lack of success i well, maybe the rockstar launcher was super successful and i don't maybe? think the epic game store gives out numbers so maybe <laughs> right. that was super successful also to Possible. be fair um a lot of people have you know their childhood memories with halo as opposed to red dead redemption um they might not have played you know the previous one and then also the second one a console so um i don't know for me i think just Having people that I went to high school with who were super into the Halo series, uh, who wanted to play competitively, there's also that element. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC actually had massive like performance issues when it first launched, and they had yeah. to put out a patch for that. So that also wasn't a great introduction. Yeah, all good so, points. Yeah. And Christian, you remember when we were in high school and Reach came out, right? Remember being in high school and all, the, oh, gross. all our, our childhood and no, I my mom didn't let me get it. My parents, my dad said no. I was in fourth grade. We were not old enough. Yeah, we were not old yeah. enough to play. My older brother was playing. Yeah. I'm so Aww. jealous. No, none of that's true. We, are, I was, <laughs> I was a full grown man. Ah, so sad. Sector 7 says Halo 2 is on PC. Maybe again, my old brain doesn't remember. <laughs> Uh, who remembers that far back, right? Um, anyway, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. I'm tempted to just drop the ten bucks on Halo Reach just to play it in ultra wide. Because dude, Jeff, you do you have Game Pass Ultimate? No, I didn't oh, do this thing because I'm stupid. Well, you get ultimate. You have yeah, do it. You, I didn't do in- the cheap thing where you can have it for cheap forever because I'm stupid. <laughs> so you can pay fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, because you because you can also get access to Outer Worlds. That's true. Mm-hmm. On PC, I have it on, PP, mm-hmm. PC. I have it on uh, I have it on my Xbox. But yeah, you're right. I could do it on PC. You <laughs> sound so defeated. <laughs> well, I just feel dumb for not doing it for the cheapy one dollar thing, and uh, the whole you know, I just feel dumb. I mean, Game Pass is Game Pass Ultimate is paying for my kids' college. I got it so cheaply. Like, <laughs> I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, in, in fairness, his kids are majoring in Outer Worlds, so yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh. All right, well, let's uh, <laughs> let's move on and talk about the games we've been playing. But first, I want to thank our first sponsor, which is Fireside. Fireside is a podcast hosting and analytics platform created by podcasters for podcasters with fo- podcasters in mind. Fireside was started by our very own Dan Benjamin, the founder of this network, 5 by 5 taking everything that he's learned since 2009 from making podcasts. 2009, Christian, I think you and I were in fourth grade, three, third grade? Uh, I was born November 2009. So yes. I no, good point. Uh, anyway, so everything he's learned since two, 2009, making podcasts for a living and turn it into a platform for podcasters everywhere. So if you're a podcaster at any level of expertise, listen up. Fireside has it all. Unlimited uploads, unlimited downloads, in-depth and powerful download metrics, 
a super fast CDN for the best download speeds, multiple podcast support, free one-click podcast importing from other platforms like Libsyn and Feedpress and Simplecast and SoundCloud, custom domain mapping, so many features, everything you would want, chapter markers, uh, auto-posting of future episode, time code linking, so much more. It really is the way to do it because Dan had to do it for himself. So he did. He knows what he's doing. He knows what stuff podcasters need. And you can try Fireside for free for seven days, during which time you can import your existing podcasts for free while taking advantage of every feature Fireside has to offer. The unlimited plan starts at just $19 per month, and there's no commitment or long-term agreements to worry about. So visit fireside.fm today to take the tour, find out more, Enter DLC in the How Did You Hear About Us section to show your support for this show. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a great service. All right. Well, let's talk about the games we're playing. Ooh, what you playing this week? Tell us. Ooh, what you playing this week? Tell us on the playlist. Stella, what games are you playing these days? <laughs> well, I just finished Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Woo. on the hardest difficulty. Let me just, you know, nice. put that flex out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. I saw on, some sorry, tweets I'm about a, that. I'm popping your shoulder right now. There it is. Oh, yeah. Little one. Little <laughs> yeah. Two. Ooh, I felt that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw some tweets about that. You uh, you went for it. You did the hardest difficulty. How did you find it? Did you, you was that your first playthrough playing it on the hardest Hold difficulty? Hold on. Sorry, sorry, Jeff. Sorry, just real quickly. <laughs> Um, Jeff has not finished it, Stella. Yeah. So Hello. talking about difficult fights or some instances, let's be vague. Mm. Oh, well, no, no. I, yeah. More for the audience than for me, but yes. No, but for you. <laughs> okay, so after the show, I'll definitely tell him everything. Don't <laughs> spoil all of it for him. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I thought, so here's the thing. I'm not going to put this down as my official review or anything. It was my first playthrough. Uh, I stupidly decided to take on the challenge of playing it on Grandmaster for the first time through. Um, it, it felt very rewarding uh, once I actually finished it. But I think some of the mechanics don't really hold up the harder you go up in difficulty. So I would definitely recommend playing it, you know, story or um, I think the second to hardest difficulty is a Jedi Knight. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it holds up to that point. But then once you get to Grandmaster, it just gets a little wonky. So I don't really recommend that. Yeah, it doesn't feel quite as tight as it as it thinks it is, right? It doesn't feel like the the combat system is quite as precise and finely tuned as it thinks it is. It, 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 or it, as, it, as it should be yeah. to justify... A, a ram killing you on one hit. Yeah. <laughs> it, oh my it, God. Yeah. It, those guys it is, suck. <laughs> it aspires yeah, to be in the league of, you know, a Dark Souls or a, a mm-hmm. God of War or something. And I, I just don't think that it, it feels like it needed just a little more time in the oven to just get all the animations perfectly right and have the parry feel right and the dive roll p- feel right to just really live up to, to that aspiration. Yeah, I think the roles were what I had most the most trouble with because I love the Dark Souls series. So I was like, oh, cool. I've I've played this. I played Sekiro. I should be fine. And then as soon as I got into, you know, my first encounter, I was like, oh, good Lord, I am in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just, you know, maybe slight tweaks on certain animations. And um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you should have to level up everything to f- make a game like make fights feel 
polished, you know? Right, right. Yeah, you're saying that if you, even if you don't have all the skills available, you should it should still feel satisfying and tight. Yeah. And yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. I, I feel like this game is is so close to being there. It just it just needed, you know, a little one more polished pass to to really get into the league of those great games. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's an excellent experience. I, I Yes, Christian, I have not finished it. I think I'm right at the end. I have fought – well, I won't say. Uh, but <laughs> I believe I'm right at the end. Um, and uh, I have enjoyed the story. I've enjoyed the world building. I've enjoyed the Star Wars-ness mm-hmm. of it. I've enjoyed many of the things that I do. I really love the platforming. Uh, it really brings back a, a Prince of Persia vibe for me that I dig. And there are some sequences where you're not even allowed to use a lightsaber – that I find really fun where it's like, yeah, it's just oh, platforming. Spoilers. You know? Wow. Uh, well, <laughs> I thought I was vague enough about No, I'm just that. kidding. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it, I, I think the game does a lot well and a lot right. It just isn't quite there to feel so precise and perfect. And that's that that last, you know, they say the, the last 10% is 90% of the work. And I mm-hmm. feel like this game's last 10% maybe – they didn't have the ability to really spend the time to get it there or, or whatever the case. It just didn't it, – it didn't reach that intangible feeling that, like that I get. I know a lot of people talk about it with the Soul series. I'm not somebody that's played a ton of those games. But I definitely feel it in games like God of War where it just feels exactly how you expect and everything moves exactly how you expect. And, and, I, and that intangible quality that – magic ephemeral specialness uh is so rare and there are so many games that are very very good and then there's like the the few that just hit perfection in in that feeling of control and um it's it's quite rare and i don't think this game Mm -hmm. got there i think it does a great job of giving people an experience of living in the star wars universe which is great yeah i really love the story again no spoilers but yeah, I think in terms of gameplay mechanics, it maybe if they come out with a sequel, uh, that could, you know, they could make amends to some of the gameplay. Right. Yeah. And I suspect we'll we'll see that eventually. I would be surprised this game didn't do well enough to mm-hmm. to do that. Um certainly they seem to be setting up a, a world there. Um but I you know, I love I think the acting is great, I think for the most part, and I think the characters are really interesting. I've definitely got some favorite characters and uh, the world. I, I think the game does a, far too much backtracking and that's a little frustrating from my perspective as well. Like going back to the same, you know, late in the mm-hmm. game, it just feels like all you're doing is going back <laughs> to the worlds that you've been to already. And it just feels like, all right, I get it. I'll do new things here. I know that I will, but I land there and it's like, where do I go? Because I've been here already. Where, where do I go? That's new. And, and that feels a little tedious to me too. Yeah, one thing that I did like about the Dark Souls uh, series was that you could teleport, you could, you know, fast travel between bonfires that you had rested at. Yeah. And I kind of expected the same sort of mechanic in uh, Star Wars, but when we didn't have that choice, I was like, oh boy. And, you know, sometimes backtracking felt like a chore at some points. So I would, you know, take a little step back and have to take a break before reapproaching certain places. Yeah. I just think the map is so bad. 
it just, it's not helpful to me. I, I find it to be more frustrating and confusing because invariably you'll see the, the marker of where you need to go and it'll be off in some corner of the map and how to get there is to literally walk in the opposite direction because it bends around in some weird circuitous manner that gets you there. So it just, it just on the, the opening the map makes it worse. Cause I'm like, well, I need to go up. Why do, but the only way to go is down. What's what, you know, it just, it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, have you played? Yeah, I finished it. Um, I played it on one up from default. I don't know. They're, the names are, I wish everything just used like easy and medium, hard, very hard. It's like Jedi master. That's the easiest one. Wait, what? Padawan. It's harder because you're weaker. I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. Like Sith Lord, story mode only. Okay. okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I, I think the story to me um, was really strong at the, the first third, last third, the middle third, as I'm talking in threes, I feel mm-hmm. like floundered a little bit. It mm-hmm. lost its place. Um, but I think for me, they prioritized flair in terms of the combat over precision. Um, and so I, it was cool watching, you know, like an enemy run on a wall and then slash down at you. And then I do like a somersault kick, lightsaber swing back. And all that stuff is really cool, except when it takes five frames longer than it should. And I didn't know I was going to do that somersault swirl because that's the third X this time, but it's not always the third X or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and there was a, a hard encounter. I kept getting stuck on in the game late in the game. And the way I ended up succeeding on it was not in a way that I think if I were streaming it, which I did not, um, or if anyone were to watch the developers would watch it, it didn't feel satisfying and cool to me, but I was stuck in this fight for a very long time and the way I finally passed it was just, for lack of a better word, just tackling it, just like a, just a bum rush. Like I just went straight at the thing I'm attacking and I did not stop. I just, bah, 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 and no fun, cool that parries. That is the Jedi no- way. Do not think. <laughs> yeah. Just blindly attack until it is destroyed. Such is the Jedi way. <laughs> Such is the Jedi way. Such, yeah. It just didn't, like the first few, fu- the first time, it's always this way for me, I feel like in these games. Like the first fight, it felt like ballet. I was like using all of my powers and my moves and whatever. And I got very close to succeeding and then failed. And the next like 10 times, whatever it was, it just couldn't get anywhere. And I was literally about to put like, I, I got to take a break for the night. And I was like, you know what? One more time. I'm just going to just go full aggro. And I did, and I passed that point, but it, it didn't feel satisfying to do it that way. So there are moments like that where it's like, I don't think I played this the right way. And I'm all about, I'm all about hiding behind geometry and shooting my weak arrows for an hour to take down a dragon. You know what I mean? Like I am okay with that, <laughs> but there were instances in uh, Fallen Order that felt different than that to how I was succeeding. Christian's modus, modus operandi is set it to a high difficulty and then cheese your way through it. <laughs> yes, that's Just called life, bro. <laughs> break the geometry and then be like, I owned this game. <laughs> I, don't own I don't break the geometry. I just find that nice boulder that's indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, anyway, so Stella, you are also playing some Outer Worlds, right? Yeah, I just started. Uh, What do you think of it? I think, well, I, so I just got past character customization because I take an hour on that. Uh, Dude, yes. Um, I mean, why wouldn't you? That's the, the, the 
biggest decisions you have to make. It's like, hey, thanks for turning on our game. Um, you're going to be spending 40 hours here. Uh, make decisions that will never be able to be changed and uh, good luck. And and also that you'll never see in outer, like very seldomly see in outer worlds, but don't oh, yeah. mess it up. Very important. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so far I really like the narrative. Um, I think the first introduction of the game, like, you know, you interact with the first character and the commentary is really funny. Like it kind of reminds me of Fallout 4, which I absolutely fell in love with. So I'm enjoying this world exploration feel. Um, Also just being able to have the freedom to make bad decisions. It's awesome. I just like life. mm Mm-hmm. Um, I upped my, I think for my stats, I maxed out my strength and my, uh, I think charisma or whatever it is that gets you um, charm and intimidation. And I totally scared a couple of people already. And it feels really good because if I can't convince them that way, then I can just punch them out and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I have a character customizations questions for you. Do, do you are you one of those people that tries to make your character look as much like you as possible or do you go like real wacky or what's your what's your 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 tendency so for this one i definitely try to make the character look as much like me as possible but in things like dark souls i think i try to go as wacky because you, you rarely see the character like you're wearing so many different types of armor and helmets anyways it doesn't really matter um but yeah, in, in games where I take the storyline a little bit more seriously and try to make decisions that I would make if I were that character, I definitely try to model them after myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not above uh, the old uh, mirror in my hand or, you know, a selfie cam on my phone. Like, let's see if I can mold that nose just right. So it looks like I spent so long in Fallout 4 trying to make me. It's ridiculous. Maybe I'm a narcissist, but I did. I, I'll, no. I'll admit it. That's great, because then that's you living in that world. I mean, yeah. these video games as, you know, a way to escape this world and live in a world where, I mean, I don't think Fallout 4 is all that far off from our reality right now, but, you know. Oh, scary it, thought. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a way to step into another world and kind of live out a dream, right? So. Yeah. Why Jeff only plays as Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 11. It's the same thing. He only... <laughs> Yeah, it was nice that the developers spent so long getting me into the game. I really appreciated it. I've been on a kick for the maybe like three years now where I play as a, a buff female with gray hair and, and a bun, if I can. Like, and I want like combat scars. I want I, I, those are, I find that her story fascinating like that i've built for this person that gets there like they're always if i can age them up i usually whether male or female i try to play in someone that's like appears in my head to be 45 to 50 gray hair battle scars but still like yoked um you just want to be linda hamilton from the new terminator i I think it is i I think (laughs) it is it's that type of character uh but maybe like even a little um, more muscular, like Linda Hamilton in that Terminator, still pretty lean. She's cut, but still pretty lean. But like kind of bruiser characters, um, I find fascinating in those games. And then I also always add charisma because just like this clearly been through the thick of it person, like coming in and sweet talking their way through a situation, I find fascinating. You're not bird, Spicer. You're not yeah, bird. I'm okay with that. <laughs> like Give it. me the freedom to make something. I, I see myself all the time, you know? The the one thing I well yeah I see myself all the time too but at least I could be cool and you for love once. it oh sorry <laughs> for once I could be cool I could have cool armor yeah uh, 
I will never understand the people that do the like distorted head and the <laughs> doofiest hairdo I can do and the color that is the most garish with the, you know, I'll like the, the people who like do the slider all the way to the edge on everything. So their cheekbones are popping out and their, you know, and their nose is enormous. And it's like, it doesn't look like a possible human anymore. It's just this, like, it's like, what is the wackiest thing I can get the video game to do? I know there's a bunch of people who play games like that all the time. And I just don't. I could see if you're streaming, that could be interesting. But if it's just me and 80 hours, I would. Yeah. Right. I guess it's a goof once and it's a ha ha once, but then, you have to spend a long time with that character. <laughs> Anywho, that's our character customization talk. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Christian Spicer, what's on your playlist? So I can talk a little bit about Halo Reach, which I dove back into. It is a very good game. Um, the no left trigger, right trigger did throw. I was like, oh, yeah, there was no left trigger in this. And run was like a perk. I mean, like Halo has run. Oh, disgusting. Um, it was like a little time you could dash, but only for a little bit. Then your character got pretty tired. Um, I mean, I only played like 90 minutes of it. Just kind of wanted to see how it fit into the master chief collection. And maybe this is for our audience. And you can let me know if I'm just a big dumb, dumb, as much as I love game pass and game pass ultimate. Um, I find it frustrating to find games that I know are in it to download it, to get them. So my experience for master chief collection, I was on my console and I open up the Master Chief Collection, which I know is updated. Um, and I'm like, oh, cool, it's out. I'm going to go play it. And I go over there and I see there's a little thing for Reach. And I click on it. And it's like, you have to buy this. You know, go to the store to buy it. And I was like, uh, no, it's, it's, it's with, I'm pretty sure it's with Game Pass. So I don't want to click the button because I don't know if that, like, you know, takes me to a cart or will auto buy it because I have my credit card linked or whatever. I'm like, let me Google. It's, no, it's on Game Pass. Is that only PC Game Pass? Me, so it's like five minutes of, no, it's on Game Pass. How do I get it? So I go to Game Pass, search for it. It's not like in that little hub. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to click on it. So I click on the thing, the $7.99 thing or whatever it is, because I have gold or whatnot. Then it loads the store page, and then it's like, buy it for $7.99 or play it with Game Pass. And I just feel like the terminology and phrasing of all that stuff is is less than elegant. Um, so internet, let me know if I'm just being an idiot, and there's a, a more simplified way to find those things. Um, but I found it uh, troubling. The game... I find absolutely delightful. And if you haven't played it, I highly recommend it. Halo Reach. Very good. Yeah. Uh, how's it, how's game- it look on your uh, <laughs> on your sweet rig, bro? When, it, when How long until we get the next round of all of these games being re-released with ray tracing flipped on? When is that going to happen? You know? Ooh. Yeah, that'd be nice. I yeah, bet I you know. that's what we're going to see is a bunch of re-releases where it's going to be you know, Halo RT or whatever it is, you know, it's, the, I mean, it, lo- it looked great on Quake. So I'm sure it will yeah. look great and on Minecraft. And I mean, it, it is dramatic on, especially those older games when, you know, but I think it probably will be the, the kind of thing that you can implement. They'll find ways to implement in older games. Uh, and we'll get those re-releases, man. I'm, I'm excited for that. Our, our ray trace future. Yeah. Yeah, and I think games like Reach and these sci-fi futuristic games would, I think all games, but especially that, could really benefit from, you know, what it can bring to the table for sure. Yeah. It and it looked good. good. Yeah. It looked, I mean, I think like the geometry and stuff is how it, it shows itself as a dated game. But I think if you're just like walking by quickly and you saw it, it runs clean, it's smooth, at least in my experience. Um, look good. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a good looking game. And those characters are so iconic that... It, they don't look weird and it's, it's not like resident evil on playstation style of polygonal characters right like they were built 
to kind of fit those shapes, I think. Cool. Yeah. And then the second game that I was playing, spending more time with is Darksiders Genesis. Uh, I really, really like the game. So I want to get that out of the way before I talk about how I played the game. But I Dark really Siders like Genesis <laughs> is the isometric take on the Darksiders universe. Darksiders, of course, big third person action adventure franchise. But this is a top down isometric take where it's more it's not really diablo but it's more a i don't know like a what's a good example torchlight i don't know what's a good example of what it's more like it's it's a uh more of an adventure game right yeah i mean it, it's honestly a lot like it's an action combat game it's just the perspective is as isometric it's airship syndicate uh, the company that made the game um and it's a prequel or it's like before, I think it's set between one and two. I could be getting my Darksiders timeline wrong. I, I think it's I think it's after one before two. I don't think it's pre-one. Um I really like it. It it is it is not a Diablo clone in the way that you're not constantly unlocking new gear on that same kind of churn and treadmill the way Diablo is 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 built. I may be four hours into the game, four or five hours into the game. I understand it. It's about 14 to 15 hours. Um and it feels like it's a typical action combat game where I'm unlocking new moves and, and um, combat maneuvers and stuff like that as the game progresses, but it's not then go replay it to get uh, you know platinum level gear and stuff like that the way Diablo is such a loot-based game. And it honestly reminds me a lot of the, not 2018, but like the first God of War where, especially in those games where it kind of zoomed out and Kratos was a little littler and the camera wasn't right close to him yeah yeah um and you're smashing crates and getting orbs and you know killing enemies orbs come out and you get those those are your health orbs and your magic power orbs um, or like the game. The, what was the vita god of war oh yeah those were great also yeah. yes yeah fantastic games and so this reminds me a lot of a lot of those games and i i, I love it um there's two characters you can switch in and out of between it's war and um wraith and I prefer Wrath, Wraith, Wrath, Wrath, yes, Wraith of Khan. Um, I think everybody knows that Wrath. And Wrath has uh, dual pistols and is a little more range combat based. And I don't know if it's just the perspective or not, but in Diablo and these isometric games, I prefer that style of character versus the barbarian, whereas war is a, a little more of a brute and a tank. But you can switch on the fly. Um, the story, both are in the story throughout the game as you're kind of progressing with them. They'll talk to each other and stuff. And it's a, a story that so far I really enjoy. Like it has weight to it, but it's also not taking itself too seriously um, in terms of what you're doing and who these characters are. I feel like sometimes games built around heaven and hell can feel a little self-serious. Uh, well, Darksiders universe has always been a little jokey. Correct. And I think this balances it better. I'm enjoying this story more than Darksiders 3, which felt bad. It, it missed that tone to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I was not a huge fan of Darksiders 3. Um, and yeah, I really, really enjoy it. I think the world is cool. The level design seems interesting. Um, even though it's isometric, like the characters still have really fun animations between moves. Like I kind of wish I could pull the camera close like you can in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. You can play on a hero cam if you want. I think that'd be a cool feature on this game if it was possible. And then the characters, I also have finishers that are kind of like... Um, I think it, it it pushes the pace of combat a little bit the way Doom 2016 did by if you whittle an enemy down and then you go in and, and do a finisher on them, you get better orbs and kind of 
from the characters. So it kind of entices moving close for the kill. And those animations are really fun and really cool also. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan. And I think part of it is because I think I, I know I can get through it. <laughs> it feels like a game that I, that I won't overthink and it will just be like a rip roar and ride from start to finish. And it'll be very enjoyable. Um, so I had talked about on prior episodes that it was probably going to be my first Stadia purchase. Um, spoiler, it was. I, I purchased it on Stadia, but not without. That's not how spoilers work. You, you literally just revealed the information. It just you just told us the next well, now part I'm, of the story. Now I'm so not to bury the lead. I bought it on Stadia. <laughs> now I'll walk through the indecision. Not spoiling anybody by saying, I I'm now telling you the next part of my story, which is okay. Spoiler alert, Baby Yoda. <laughs> what I'm saying is <laughs> on uh, Stadia, it came out on Stadia and PC the same day. It has been delayed on console until February, I think. Uh, on Stadia, it's $39.99. On PC, it's $29.99. Hmm. Yeah. So That seems not right. Right? Like, I know that PC games are often cheaper than their console counterpart, but like, what is Stadia? You know? Yeah. Like, is it a console? It's not, mm. Yeah, it's not a console. There's, there's no disc. <laughs> you know, like, never will be. Uh, and there was no somebody explanation. Said, uh, pay more to own it less. <laughs> pay more to own it less and own an arguably worse version of it, right? Like, um, yeah, it, it felt very odd. And so, while I am a big fan of Stadia still as an idea and somewhat in how they've delivered on that idea i I feel like every week that goes by their messaging or not doing you any favors on the support on the support angle (laughs) yeah it's it's really frustrating to be a a fan of the service yeah um but i did end up buying it on stadia mostly because i think because of that i don't know the next game i'm gonna buy on stadia like yeah they haven't announced any (laughs) you know i really need to cancel my thing because if i get charged at 10 bucks because I forgot to cancel my three months of thing. I'm going to be so mad. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely canceling my pro, I'm pretty sure, uh, when it's up. And I'll play my games on 1080. Um, but that said, at my house, it's incredible. Like, I still love the the premise of the promise of Stadia. Like, at my house, it runs great. It looks awesome. I think it's super fascinating that this is my first game that I haven't played on anything else. So I'm just judging this game. And I can wholeheartedly say that on my play experiences, I love Darksiders Genesis. Like, I really, really like the game. So I'm not like, oh, input lag this or compression artifacts this. I'm saying it looks great, plays great. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I can critique the game on the game's merits alone in my experience with it and not, I don't know how it, maybe it runs different on PC. I don't know. Um, it's been a really good experience. And I love the fact that it goes with me and I know where I have good internet. I was waiting for something to render uh, at the office and I was like, oh, I can just play Darksiders. This is incredible. And I jumped right in. I played for like 30 minutes. It was awesome. Great experience. Played on my laptop monitor. That's that extra 10 bucks you paid for that, for maybe- that moment. Maybe. Then tell me that's what I'm paying. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what they're telling you. And then I played on in, uh, on my computer at home as I was waiting for something else to happen. And then I played on my big screen through the Chromecast. And it's it's just right there, the, right, the same game, you know? Like, no waiting. Oh, which one's my primary console? Did I cloud save it? Did I do this out of the other? In those instances, I, I love 
Stadia and what it brings to the table. Very cool. Very, very cool. Also, I like Darksiders Genesis a lot. I don't want to get lost in the Stadia conversation. No, I love the I love that you're dying on this hill, man. I love that you're uh, you're making it happen. I I respect that so much. Well, but I think if I lived at my in-laws, I would, you know, I talked about it on, over Thanksgiving week. It didn't run well there at all, you know? Also, you'd be complaining about way other things if you lived at your in-laws, you know? I don't know. Have you seen their house? It's, I mean, it's a nice house, cool. but also you're living at your in-laws, you know what I'm saying? They're wonderful people, Jeff. All right. Well, you're lucky. <laughs> and they listen to the show. Hi, Paul. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them to uh, internet and you can move in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. Um, so... But I don't know what the best way to video game is, Stella and Jeff. So, because I wanted not to play Death Stranding, not the ten dollars more. Oh, yeah. way. <laughs> I wanted to play Death Stranding. People made fun of me last week, like, "What's Christian's excuse going to be this week for not playing it?" Well, here's my <laughs> excuse, stupid internet. So, no, this is now. This is where you say spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Damn it, I missed People it. Wanted, wanted to know what your thing is. Okay, oh, edit it out. Here okay, it here we go. In three, two, one. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, here's my excuse for why I didn't play Death Stranding. I went to play it, had it fired up my PS4 in a bit. Uh, it was like a 30-minute update for something. Put the disc in, 40-minute install, then a download of a patch, then it, error code, delete the game, put it in again. Error. I got three error codes oh. for trying to put the... I own, I have the disc! <laughs> I don't know what's what wrong. Error codes. Four zero. I don't know. Just upside I wrote down. <laughs> I wrapped a towel around it. You said I you don't know what it, you haven't opened. You don't, you have things that don't have disk drives anymore. Do you know how disk drives work now? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. But like, it seemed to. I don't know. I can I can look it up because I definitely wrote it down. Um, and it, the what I Googled is like it was maybe a hard drive. Like it, one of the things was like start your PS4 in safe mode, boot it up, like re re not reformat, but like um the gosh, the internet's yelling at me right now. Reorganize the hard drive, whatever that you'll see it like when there's a power ad, it's like we're now gonna run this through your PS4 to make sure it's okay. I did that, same problem. I don't know what it was. I eventually put it in and it loaded and played is is now currently playable, but it took 85 90 minutes hour and a half to do that meanwhile as i was waiting for all of that to happen i opened chrome and played darksiders i just clicked a button right and played it no you're and not so, wrong that that is a lovely removal of a speed bump it is those speed bumps are not fun when you get a, your shiny new game and all you want to do is play it and it's like oh i gotta update my playstation and i have to download the patch uh, this or when you want to go play your old game that you haven't played for a while right no, I get and it. You want to play it. Those are pain points, no doubt. But and then the last of my rant, garbage. and then I will shut up. The other side of it, though, is last night, two nights ago, I went to play Stadia, play some Darksiders. As I was downloading, re-downloading a bunch of Oculus Rift games, I couldn't. Right, because I was yeah. downloading like five games. Yeah, and Stadia was like, "Hey, your internet, you know, being used something else, you might not want to play in Stadia." So it's like, yeah. Maybe PlayStation 5's approach to whatever their, you know, those rumors are, like you can play, prioritize this, that's the answer. But I'll tell you what, I just want to play games. <laughs> I hear you, man. And Darksiders Genesis is very good. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. Sorry for my rambly rant. <laughs> oh, it came full circle. It, it worked out. 
<laughs> Thank you. I mean, I guess it did. Um, it, it, it worked. Spoiler alert. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Can't top that. So let's talk about our second sponsor, which is Brooklyn. And this time of year, this time of year when it gets cold and all I want to do at night is nuzzle up into my little Betty by and get warm. This is the time of year where I'm most happy. I have Brooklyn and sheets. I love my Brooklyn and sheets so much. I was a dumb, dummy, dumb, dumb who didn't understand that there's a difference between sheets. There are luxury sheets that actually feel amazing. And then there are the things that I've been using my entire life. Once I went to Brooklyn in everything, I can't go back. I've, I've literally told my wife, like, we are, we, let's just not put other sheets on our bed after Brooklyn. And it's too, it's too, it feels like slipping into joy and happiness. Uh, I love my Brooklyn and sheets and you spend a third of your life in bed. Don't you want to make it comfortable? Don't you want to be feeling like you're slipping into joy and happiness this holiday season? Maybe it's time to gift the ones you love or yourself. If you love yourself and you should something a little cozier, something like bedding, something like loungewear, maybe towels. Brooklinen's got your back on all that stuff because Brooklinen is delivering comfort all season long. It's the home of the internet's favorite sheets. Brooklinen's got over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting half a million happy sleepers and counting. I wish I knew what my number is because I'm in that half a million. I am genuinely in love with my Brooklinen sheets. I really, really do. They're the best. And they give you that, that luxury feeling with their sheets, their robes, their loungewear, their towels. They, they, do not, they do not give you the luxury markup. They give you that feeling without the markup. And I want to help you guys feel that way too. Honestly, it is wonderful. If you like softness, if you like comfort, essentials to help you relax, Brooklinen has it all. And I couldn't recommend them more. Honestly, if you want to give it as a gift, if you want to give it to yourself, Get 10% off and free shipping anytime when you shop at brooklinen.com and use promo code DLC. That's us. That's how they know you heard it here. Brooklinen also is so confident in their products with all their sheets, comforters, and towels. They give you a lifetime warranty on them. So to get 10% off and free shipping, go to brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Use that promo code DLC. You'll be happy. Brooklyn and everything you need to live your most comfortable life. I've been playing a lot of VR lately, and I think all of us have, because this is going to be a fun VR segment. Stella, you, uh, you've, been, you've been questing. you got that Oculus Quest. I see a lot of people on Black Friday and around the holidays are jumping on that Quest bandwagon. So I actually don't own a VR device, but we had to do um, a VR game for a shoot at work. So uh, my first introduction was a Five Nights at Freddy's horror game. Oh, oh no. That's yeah, no, it did not go well. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, so it was not a very well, it went enjoyable. well for content. It's not well <laughs> oh, for... Yeah, absolutely. But uh, not for me. I was just like, you know what? Maybe VR is not for me. But then uh, I got pulled onto a different shoot and it was for a game called Pistol Whip. Yeah. Um, 
It is such a fun game. Have you ever wanted to feel like John Wick? Mm -hmm. Because now you can to all these awesome beats. So the whole point is it's like Beat Saber, but with guns. <laughs> yeah. Um, And it just feels really cool. You start to, I don't know, when I first started playing it, I felt kind of silly. I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, you know, I'm kind of on, I'm in a VR thing, right? And I'm just looking at, stuff in this space that doesn't actually exist but when you start going through the levels and you have to take out these enemies and this like really hot music is playing you're just like oh yeah okay I'm, I'm feeling this so you start to feel comfortable you start to feel confident and you start like busting out these moves and the whole point of this game is to move right because you have to dodge bullets you gotta take up bad guys and of course like the title suggests pistol whip them which is really satisfying <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of like if uh, Beat Saber and Super Hot had a baby. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's awesome, and you're you're moving through the world at a constant rate. It, the game is pushing you through the world, so you're moving mm -hmm. constantly. And instead of you know like Beat Saber or a um, a a Guitar Hero type game where stuff's moving at you, you in, instead things are stationary and you're moving at them, and they're moving. You know, they're the the. Uh, uh, shooting gallery is moving around its its environment but you're moving through it and yeah stuff is it's cranking and it's it's the music's awesome and things are jumping out at you from every angle above you and below you and around you and you're having to dodge and it it's so much fun pistol whip Whew. so you were you were a fan you became a fan yeah i really like it it's a lot of fun um and i also like the genre that they play so for me, I, I just got super into it. At, at first, it felt kind of silly, you know, just like bobbing and weaving. But then as soon as I started getting into it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. But the thing is, prepare yourself for a workout. Like, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you have to dodge, you know, maybe do the uh, the Matrix, you know, backbend, do stuff like that. It's great. I really uh, like it. I, you are I definitely level. recommend it. <laughs> you are high level. If you're doing backbends, I am, I am not. But yeah, you definitely have to, you know, move out of the way and move around. And that's why it's so great on Quest, too, because you're not tethered to anything. And you can be, you know, bopping and weaving through the world and be an actual awesome John Wick style. Um, yeah. It's so good. It's so also, good. Also, the colors are super pretty. Like, it has this sort of 80s, uh, what is it? Like a retro, um, what is it called? It Vaporwave. Yeah, yeah, that there it is. That's that's the art style, and it looks so pretty. And you just you just feel really cool. So definitely try it out if you have an Oculus Quest. I agree. Pistol Whip is awesome. Super good. Christian. I feel like in those sorry in those games, I feel like there's also moments of like, oh, I'm, this is dumb. I'm just in VR. I feel silly. Uh, everybody's looking at me. I can't see. Oh, I feel I'm self conscious. And then like enemies start coming fast enough, or like same with Beat Saber, like blocks start coming fast enough that you. You do. You just lose yourself to the world, and you don't care. You know that my kids are watching me, and I'm swinging around in the living room. There's like it really is that effect of transporting you to another place uh, that I think those VR captures very well. I skip that whole first step. I jump right to that second step. I, I, oh, I've seen you get sweaty uh, on <laughs> demo units, oh, Jeff. Yeah. I know. I know. I walk in and I apologize beforehand. Like, Wait, can hey. we get a picture of this of him being super sweaty after a shoot? Like just. Tweeted out or something. Yeah, oh, there's great. plenty of them in the on the <laughs> internet already. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> pictures for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, but you know, hey, what are you going to do, um, Christian? You jumped on. We talked about this a little last week. You jumped on the Oculus Link cable, and it arrived this week, right? 
It did. I got the Facebook uh, recommended cable. Uh, that's <laughs> not their cable. Basically, um, if Facebook an- recommends anything to you, you just do it. If if there's somebody on yeah. Facebook that says thumbs up, there's a group for everybody. Facebook. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the I the anchor cable that they recommended, I I guess I happened to find it on Amazon when it was available. Amazon, that's a company I can get behind and support that does nothing wrong. Um, I so I purchased that. People are like, what? When did you see it on available? I was like the time the one time me. i checked you're just you just quoted me like i'm i'm not sitting right here well just you're not voice for me oh. <laughs> i'm that who said that to you like people were saying i'm like that's me you're quoting me you just said it see i heard your voice he is I did the people it yeah <laughs> spoiler alert it was jeff oh um and i got it uh and this is the opposite of I just want video games to work for me. Uh, my my complaints with my PS4 and Stadia plugged it in, plugged it in and said, hey, you want to run the link? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, here you go. And the quest HUD went away and I was in a Rift HUD universe again. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Oh, and it was my first time doing inside out tracking on a Rift, a Rift S style headset because i had just gone from traditional wrist which had my lighthouses or whatever they're called and in my office space it's not a huge space you've been in it jeff that getting those positioned perfectly was always a little bit of a headache and the inside out tracking of the quest worked flawlessly i played just stationary because again small space and i've crammed it even more now that i got rid of my rift um and i redownloaded edge of nowhere um, which is the Insomniac game. It's kind of the Uncharted-esque game they made. I wanted to see how that, like a seated third-person adventure game played where it's just mostly head tracking. Um, incredible. It was great. And then I downloaded Vader Immortal because of the cross, you know, buy, same thing, thing. Um, part three. Uh, and this is where my tech lust idiocy took over and I have not finished it because I was like, okay, that was cool. That was cool. How does it look on quest? Okay. 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 Cool. 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 Let me go back to rift. Oh, it looks so much better. better. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and I jumped back and forth a whole bunch, but all that to be said, flawless, very, very impressed, especially that when I bought the quest, Oculus had said, I'm going to keep saying Oculus because that makes me feel better. Um, Oculus said like, hey, you can't hook these up to PCs. It's never going to work. And I was like, I don't care. I'm in. Now it, it, oh, and I did Doom VFR. I did Steam VR. Yeah. Flawless. Yeah. Flawless. I'm, I'm super impressed. It's awesome. Well, now cut to the der, 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 der version <laughs> because uh, I did not get the Anchor uh, cable. And of course, the the one I really want, which is the official Oculus Link cable, is still not a- available, even though they it's said, not out yet. Yeah, said November 2019 was when it was going to be available. Here we are in December, not available. I'm ready to drop my 80 bucks on this dumb cable because I've already spent over 100 dollars on cables that don't work. <laughs> uh, I got two more cables this week from the aforementioned Amazon, both of which were supposed to work, and uh, the first one didn't work at all; just completely hung the system, and. The second one, I played like 15 minutes of Stormland and then it borked out and it was like, no, we don't work anymore. Um, So I don't understand. I don't understand. But evidently the the cable requirements are very strict of what the data throughput is. And a lot of these cable manufacturers are like good enough is good enough. And it doesn't always get the actual, you know, 15 megabits per second or whatever it is throughput. 
that they claim on the packaging, it's like, yeah, we hit that sometimes. And for Link, it really needs that consistently. So I'm going to let you borrow my cable. What? I'm going to let you borrow my cable. Please. I would love that. But I also want them to just release the the real real deal because I, I, I want to do it. And it is dramatically better than the Rift, than the OG Rift uh, visually. And it works great. And yet I love, I want to take down my sensors and live well, in that world. But your Oculus sensors. My Oculus sensors. I leave my index sensors up all the time because they're bolted to the wall. <laughs> my Oculus sensors are sitting on little dumb little stands. And so I'm ready to get those, get rid of those. But um yeah, I mean it's super frustrating that uh, that it it doesn't really. I didn't have the experience you're ha- you're touting. Yeah, it's like it just it's frustrating that amazing. They call it a beta, and I get it, but it's like clearly there was a run on these anchor cables, and clearly their cable's not ready yet. So it's super frustrating because yeah. people that own VR headsets are likely the people that want to jump on the beta of the newest, latest, best thing, right. and it seems it's frustrating for a lot of people, but. That said, again, as a upgrade to the quest, that an unpromised, like the opposite of which was promised to happen to the quest. Yeah. Just I, I'm in love with that headset. It, it's it continues to deliver above and beyond. Well, Christian, now impressed. you've got to get Asgard's Wrath and Stormland. Well, I was going to, but I just didn't want to buy them before I tested the cable. Oh, you know? Yeah. I wanted to play a, a bunch of old stuff that I already had to see how it worked. And then I got literally caught in like, I would do 10 minutes of Vader Immortal on Rift and then I would do 10 minutes on Quest. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's cool. Like if you unplug it, it just pops you back into Quest. It's, it's yeah. pretty slick how it works. Yeah. Uh, I know that because I didn't unplug it. It just stopped working. <laughs> it would send me the error message. And the error message is literally like, Oculus Link has stopped working. I'm like, oh, okay. It's... It's wild when you go into it also because on Quest, it's kind of that same thing going in. On Quest, your hands are the move controller or uh, whatever they're called, controllers. Yeah, touch um, yeah. Touch controllers, thank you. And then in Rift, they're like hand, like fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like controllers, hands, hands, controllers, controllers, hands. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, one of the things uh, last week we talked about because of the holidays, what headset we announce or we recommend people want to jump into VR. But one of the things that people have been asking me a lot about is uh, after they have jumped into VR and gotten a headset, what are the must have experiences? Um, Christian, you want to collaborate on a quick must have list of, so I think for PSVR, it's a little simpler for me because it's Astrobot for sure. Top of the list. Um, Dino Frontier for me, I don't I know you weren't super fan of that game, but I love that game. Blood and Truth. Um I think Moss. Yes, Moss for sure. Uh and um uh I mean you can do Beat Saber on PSVR as well. I would say Tetris Effect yeah, and Tetris it's Effect. Res. Res and then Batman. It's old. I love those games. Oh, Batman. But I, I imagine it still holds up. It's a short experience, but it's it's really well done. And Resident Evil, if you want to never sleep again. Or no, Stella, don't listen to him. Don't do that one. Yeah. yeah. You, I'm terrible with horror, so I'll I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> but then if you're getting a quest or a Rift S or something, um, I think the Oculus exclusive games, there are a lot of them. And a lot of them work on Revive. If you're going to hop into the more high-end stuff, like a, a Vive or a, a Index, um, a lot of them work on Revive as well, so you can play them over there. Those games are, you know, I think Asgard's Wrath this year and Stormlands are both 
absolute must plays. I think a mage's tale is a game that I would highly, highly recommend. Um, lone echo lone. I mean, lone echo. I, I think is one of my favorite games of the decade. Uh, lone echo is, I think the best VR game so far period. I'd say beat saber, but different, very different type of game. Yeah. I mean, I love beat saber very, very much and it is, it'll sell you on the tech, but I mean, Lone Echo is uh, order of magnitude, more sophisticated experience. Um, uh, I think Robo Recall on Quest and um, Super Hot VR. Super Hot for sure. There's a lot. There <laughs> are a, a lot. lot. I mean, the vacation simulator games and uh, work uh, uh, job simulator games are super funny and fun. Um, what else? Oh, Subnautica for me is like a major. And then the Cloudhead games, the the two uh, gallery episodes, episode one and two of the gallery. <gasps> I just realized. What? With Link, I can play, um, what's it called? Space game. Lone Echo? No. Um, space. Uh, it made Joe Dangerous. Uh, what? <laughs> Come on. It got up- updated a whole bunch. It, uh, no Man's Sky. I can play oh, No Man's Sky in VR. You can. Wow. Yes. Okay. You got to try it. I didn't have it on PC. I have it on Steam. And now I can VR it with my link. You got to try it. That is yes, true. You yeah. You got to try I'm very it, excited. Uh, I, I want to do one more game that's an Oculus exclusive game that gets way too often overlooked, but it is phenomenal. So much fun. It's called VR Sports Challenge. And you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, this looks like shovelware. This looks like some sort of Wii type, lame, goofy mini game. It's not. It's super well done. So much fun. If you like sports at all, it's got basketball, hockey, football, and baseball. It's awesome. VR Sports Challenge. If you're into, uh, if you just got a an Oculus headset, do it. Do it. Also, Vader Immortal. And Vader Immortal, yeah. I mean, which I think people, if they bought a quest over Black Friday, I think they got for free. So definitely play. Oh, those. interesting. Yeah. So lots. Of, I mean, there's lots of great. I mean, that's just like the top tier. There's like another level down of like Sirento VR that I would recommend. Edge of Nowhere is phenomenal. Edge of yeah, Edge of Nowhere is very very good. Windlands Two is a great game. I mean, Skyrim. We haven't even talked about Skyrim, which is super fun in VR. Um, Sprint Vector. Thumper, oh, Thumper. Well, Thumper's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it is intense. Yeah, there's a game called Gunheart that's really great. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot, and people, the people that think that VR is like five things, you know, the climb is awesome. Robinson, the journey is really cool. Uh, yeah, uh, Arizona Sunshine. Yeah, the list keeps going. It, there's, it is a very uh, mature medium at this point I, there's a lot of great games and you're not going to go wrong jumping in at this point so welcome and get excited all right uh that was fun that's going to do it for this episode of dlc um we do have our parting gift coming up but stella chung thank you so much for being here it was such a delight having you yeah it was so fun hanging out with you guys thank you so much for having me on absolutely why don't you tell the folks where they can keep up with the things that you do online well, my Twitch stream is twitch.tv slash Parallax Stella. And um, I pretty much use that handle for everything, including Twitter, uh, where I mostly update and, you know, post silly things. So that is where you can find me most of the time. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. I asked, I've been following your exploits there and your 
conquest of Star Wars was quite fun. Yes. Uh, very cool. Uh, Christian Spicer, how about you? What do you got going on this week? Twitter's the best way, at Spicer. Um, no shows I know of, but LA shows are always uh, often week of. Like this past week, uh, I was at, um, where was Tuesday? I don't even remember where Tuesday was. I was somewhere Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then I was at the Comedy Store Saturday, and then I was just at Flappers today as we're recording this. So that's the best way to, if you want to, if you're in LA and you want to see me live, Twitter's the easiest way, at Spicer. And then um, when I'm in town, I stream this show on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer, 7.15 p.m. Pacific time. Though I say that and I say this, I think, Jeff, we might have a couple of episodes that are going to be atypical recordings, maybe. Is it we, race- yeah, we, got, we got holidays coming up and travel and weirdness. Um, yeah. But, you but know. again, I'll, that'll be on Twitter if, if that happens. Um, but you can always find them on the RSS Mondays. So we will not miss episodes. We just might we record at episodes, different times. Christian. It's been almost six years and we've never missed a week. Do you know that? I remember we've each like called in once from cars. So yeah, yeah and we're I not going to you know, miss an episode. I, I exploded. So I missed one. But there's been not been a, there has never not been a new episode of DLC for six years every week. God bless Anthony Taramina. That's pretty good. God bless Anthony Taramina. <laughs> it's so true. He's going to be back. He's going to do our uh, end of the year show as he does every year with us. So we're going to um, crown our game of the year. That's awesome. And Jeff, what about you? When do you start your Knives Out podcast? Oh, dude. We, I think we're I think we're going to interview um, Ryan tomorrow morning, uh, I think. Not. Dude, your Last Jedi conversation with him was such a great conversation. He's the best. That He's you all did on. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna. He's been on the slash film cast for every movie since Brick, and he's not gonna stop now with Knives Out, and it, it's a movie we love. Um, so uh, I'm excited to talk to him. He's this bright, funny, fun dude, and uh, very generous with his time. So yes, very I did the, cool. the slash film cast where I talk about movies and video or video games, movies and TV shows, and uh, you can listen to that by finding it on your podcast app of choice for for uh, slash film cast, or just by going to slashfilmcast.com. I'll get you there too. Uh, I also do a live stream, live play Dungeons and Dragons show that I'm super proud of called The Dungeon Run. We had one of, I think, one of our best episodes ever last week. And it's a great jumping on point. It's episode 28. It's called Blood in the Alabaster Woods. And uh, it was a, it had love. Uh, one of our characters is falling in love with a werewolf, which is pretty wild. Uh, it had drama and suspense and a cool storytelling. And it, man, it's just, I'm so proud of it. And I hope you give it a chance. Uh, you don't have to start at the beginning, although that's fun too, but you can listen to it as a podcast. It's fun. It, it works kind of like an audio show, like an audio book. Uh, you can find that anywhere you get podcasts by searching for the dungeon run, or you can watch it on YouTube. You can find it uh, by searching for the dungeon run on YouTube, or you can watch it live as we record it Wednesday nights, 6 PM Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash the dungeon run. Also, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T and you can email the show by uh, emailing us to DLC feedback at gmail.com. All right. Uh, that is going to do it. We're going to jump into our, I can load my screen up here. Uh, it's time for parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Stella, do you have a recommendation to help people get through their week? 
Uh, sure. So I just recently watched Brittany Runs a Marathon, and it is a very cute, very inspirational movie based off of a uh, true story um, where a woman decided to kind of get her life together and run the New York City Marathon in one year. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I recently watched that and I wasn't expecting it to be as fun and charming as it was, but I found that it was actually very motivational. So I will definitely be listening to your podcast while on some of my runs inspired by this film. Yeah. (laughs) You're a geek and sneaks officially. I love it. Very cool. So the lead in that is she was in um, uh, Workaholics too. Her name is, she's very funny. Um, Uh, Is it Jillian Bell? No, maybe Jillian sounds right. I'll look it up. But yes, yeah. it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun movie and and I think she's phenomenal in it. Oh yeah, she was so great in it. Um honestly her delivery of certain lines made me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is Jillian Bell. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Uh Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Uh there's an album that I cannot stop listening to. It is not new, but it's it was new to me. Uh and I can say how I found it. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, but the album is called Idiot Proverbs, and it's by an Australian band called Tiny Little Houses. And it's incredible. I can't I can't stop listening to it, and I don't want to stop listening to it. The the first and the last album, the first and last song on the album, the way they kind of book in the whole album uh is phenomenal. I, I like the whole thing. It kind of gives me like modern baseball meets pavement vibes. Um, just absolutely extraordinary. And I'm so glad I found it. And I was driving and I, I, I was talking to my phone, trying to have my phone pull up some music for me. And I, you know, I gave the request, hey, uh, you know, sorry, uh, play, play. And then I named this album that I wanted to be played. And it went, you got it. Here is the new album by Tiny Little Houses, which is not what I asked for at all. Sometimes <laughs> like, Siri knows what's best yeah. for you. You know what I'm saying? I'm so glad. I was like, I was very frustrated because I asked for problems from the Get Up Kids, which is their new album. And I said, like, play the new Get Up Kids album. And I was like, no problem. Here's uh, Idiot Proverbs by Tiny And I was like, what? And then the first song started. And I was like, well, Siri, you do know what's best. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, strong pavement vibes. I really like it. Again, the album is called Idiot Proverbs. The band Tiny Little Houses. I was really hoping that was going to be more embarrassing when you were like, it's kind of embarrassing how this happened. I was like, ooh. Well, it's embarrassing because it's exactly my genre. Uh, you didn't uh, and I didn't know. It's, been, it's, like, it's like a 2018 album. Here we are almost 2020. Series like, you should really know about this album, Christian. Yes. It's like when people email the show, I'm like, hey, have you heard about? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Siri was like, <laughs> hold my beer. <laughs> it got me. Siri got me. We have a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com by Chad from Woodridge, Illinois. Chad writes in, says, I have a parting gift for you to suggest to my fellow lovers of loving things. My wife and I are huge fans of the murder mystery genre, and we saw Knives Out on Friday. And I know the film did well at the box office, so there may be a lot of new fans to the genre looking for suggestions. If TV shows are your preference, I suggest Agatha Christie's Poirot, starring David Suchet. There are many actors who have played this character, but most fans would agree Suchet is the best. Columbo may be closer in tone to Knives Out and is also very good. Yeah, side note. By Mark Ruffalo. Side note, I love David Suchet. Uh, He's an old RSC actor, and I love his Poirot uh, as well. Um, So thumbs up from from Jeff on that one. Uh, 
Chad continues, for those of you wanting books or audiobooks, my favorite detective series is Nero Wolf by Rex Stout. Wolf is a brilliant and eccentric, of course, P.I. in the 1930s in New York. He is obese and does not like people, so instead of traveling to solve mysteries, he employs Archie Goodwin to be his eyes, ears, legs, anything but brains for gathering evidence. The relationship and the other characters they meet are a joy. If Knives Out has you bloodthirsty for more clever, well-written mysteries with quirky characters and brilliant detectives, Poirot and Wolf are my top recommendations. Thanks for the years of entertainment and positivity. Thanks, Chad. That's awesome. I am going to seek out some Nero Wolf because I've never heard of it, and I'm a big fan of that genre myself. So awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. My parting gift is, uh, you know, I bet a lot of people have subscribed to Disney Plus because of the Mandalorian. They want that. They need that baby Yoda. Got to have that baby Yoda. Where's that baby Yoda? Uh, but perhaps you haven't scrolled through other offerings on the service. And if there's any chance that you did not watch the Imagineering story, allow me to recommend that to you because um, I am in the situation where oftentimes I will. Um, my wife and I will start watching something and then uh, she will fall asleep on the couch because she gets up way earlier than I do. And uh, she may sometimes fall asleep on my arm or something and I don't want to move. And so I'm like, what else is in, within clicking distance of what I'm watching right now? I started watching the Imagineering story. I love Imagineering, the Imagineers and Disneyland and Disney stuff. And man, it is such a satisfying look at the history of the people that made all of the wonders of Disney be it films and theme parks and all of the things they invented. And, you know, you get that behind the scenes look at that magical place. It, it's a cliche to say magic when you talk about Disneyland, but that show just makes you go, wow, there's such smart people doing really cool stuff. And it gives you a, a cool history. It talks about what's going on now. They're long episodes, but really worth watching. So if you've got Disney plus already, give Imagineering story a shot. Cause it's, it's pretty fun, pretty fascinating. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Stella Chung and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks in our chat room for hanging out with us in real time, making the show better. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those cool bumpers. And thank you to each and every one of you who download the show and listen to it. Boy, it means a lot to us. Thank you for giving us your time and your attention. We value it. and. Uh, it's been it's been a great year, and we're going to continue on into the end of the year talking about our favorite stuff, so stick around with us. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. <laughs>